0: Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. This morning I said that one of the marks of a declining backsliding soul is a reduced prayer life. But I also want to tell you that one of the marks of a declining and backsliding soul is someone who isn't moved or thankful, or excited, or grateful of the love of Jesus Christ for us. Because it's the most spiritual of things we could hear, is that Jesus Christ loved and died for sinners. Amen. If you don't enjoy this sermon, though it will be so imperfectly done, you're a wretch. And I'm kind when I say that because the Apostle Paul would say, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. Amen. So forgive the imperfect delivery and just try to enjoy some of the things that God has blessed me with. And I hope there are some spiritual brethren and sisters in this assembly that hear what I'm about to do and will take it and perfect it beyond what I've done, and you can fill my email all week long, because I'll be rejoicing on everything you send me. As you're about to see, you can take and add to this. It's already bigger than I'm going to be able to do tonight, but it's what the Lord has blessed me to consider recently about the love of Jesus Christ for us. Let me read to you a few verses in Ephesians 3, just to start. Verse 14. I have preached to you in the recent weeks that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is Jehovah God Almighty, and I have tried to lift Him up as high as I could. But do you know what? He loved us. That being came into this ugly, temporal, vain, sinful world and laid down His life for us so that we could be forever with Him in eternal glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. How broad and how long And how deep and how high is the love of Jesus Christ? Well, I want to take an unusual method to show it to you tonight. To know and comprehend Christ's love for us, which is what the apostle prays, let's compare it to the love of a man. And to magnify our Lord, we'll imagine the richest, noblest, kindest, and most perfect man possible. Let us also imagine that that rich, noble, kind, and perfect man set his love on a poor, despised, and ugly single woman, though such an object is far superior to us as sinners. That's right. And we cannot forget that our Jesus is no mere man. Amen. He is Jehovah God, the eternal creator made flesh. Maybe by this imperfect method, you'll get a little glimpse, a little glimmer of his glorious love. I justify my method tonight by Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 32 at the end of 8 verses in which the apostle Paul compared the love of a man for his wife to the love of Christ, to his church, and said in verse 32, this is a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. Now listen to this. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 16, and let's start. Ezekiel chapter 16. This perfect man, the richest man, the noblest man, the kindest man, the most perfect man possible that you can imagine on earth, sees a poor, despised, and plain, ugly, single woman and chooses to love her and make her his bride. So he says to her, I have chosen you from obscurity and poverty to love you. What does Jesus say? That's what we're going to do. Listen to this. Verse 1. Ezekiel 16, again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother an Hittite. And as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee, And saw thee polluted in thine own blood. I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field. And thou hast increased and waxen great. And thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, and thine hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee, and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee, and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. That is the love of God for His people. Amen. That might be the church of the old covenant, but we are the Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem which is above. Right. And therefore these words apply to us. He said to us, live, and it was the time of love, brethren. And He entered into a covenant and yes. swear that we would be His. That's better, I dare say, Amen. than the man. The man says, I have loved you since the first time I saw you on the street. Our Savior says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. Our perfect man says, I will love you forever, or at least until I die. Our Jesus says, I will love you eternally, and nothing can separate you from my love. This man says, when you look at me like that, I just have to love you back. Our Jesus says, I loved you when you hated me, and I was never going to give up. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we are yet sinners... Christ died for us. Amen. Our man says, if you n- love another, then our deal is off. Jesus says, if you love another, then I'll win you back. All right. Turn to Hosea 11. Turn to Hosea 11. Verse 1, When Israel was a child, then I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt. Hosea 11, verse 2, As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam, and burned incense to graven images. I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms, but they knew not that I healed them. I drew them with cords of a man. With bands of love. And I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I laid meat unto them. If you love another, then I'll win you back. That's the love of Jesus Christ for his people. Our man says, I'm the richest man in the world. At least for this year, according to Forbes. Our Jesus says, I created the heavens and the earth and own everything in them. Is it better? He came from immortal glory, eternal glory, into this world to die for us. And I I tell you tonight about the man, Christ Jesus, who is a man who loved us and who is Jehovah God. Our imaginary man says, I sit on the board of directors of seven companies. Our Lord Jesus says, I am the King of kings and Lord of lords. I hear our man say, others consider me attractive. Jesus says, I am beauty. Where should I turn you? I could turn you to many places. How about Zechariah 9, 17? You're near it. In the book of Hosea, you may not know it, but if you go to Zechariah 9, 17, I read for how great is his goodness and how great is his beauty with an exclamation point. And I dare you to check that verse in a false Bible version. I dare you. You'll see corruption that'll make you ill, but I want to say how great is his goodness and how great is his beauty. Our so-called attractive man, and he is, because we want to pick the best. He says, I have brown eyes. Our Jesus says, my eyes are like a flame of fire. And I love those eyes. I read about them in Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 19. And it says of him that earth and heaven will flee away from the face of of him that sits on the throne, but what glorious eyes, to have eyes like a flame of fire. Our man says, I have brown hair. Jesus says, my hair is white like wool, but it's covered with many crowns. That's what Revelation 19 tells us about him. I tell you about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that he loves you tonight. He came by you when you were lying in your own blood to your own loathing in a field when you'd been forsaken by all others and had no hope at all. And he said, live. And it was the time of love, and he put his skirt over you and over me, and he swear and made a covenant with us that we would be his. Right. And when he makes a covenant, it is sure and steadfast. Amen. Our noble man says to his woman, I will, al- I will try to always tell the truth. Our Jesus says to us, I am the truth. He says, I will try to always be faithful. Our Jesus says, I am faithful. It is his name, Revelation chapter 19. Our man says, if you'll help me, I will try not to ever do wrong. Our Jesus says, I cannot do wrong. Right. Look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. I could read multiple verses on all of these points, but I'm trusting that you know them well enough to know that I'm not giving you something that the Bible doesn't declare plainly. Hebrews seven twenty six. Here's a description of our Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and who spread his skirt over us and made us his own. And who died for us, it says for such an high priest, Hebrews 7, 26, became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. That's what the Bible wants to say about him. Our man says, some say I am romantic. Let me read this little poem I've been working on. Our Jesus says, I wrote and am the ultimate fulfillment of Solomon's song. Amen. Our man says, I can be quite passionate. Jesus says, I am passion. He prayed so earnestly in the Garden of Gethsemane that the Bible tells us by divine witness that he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. And Hebrews chapter 5, which is close at hand, tells us in verses 7 and 8, you want to talk about passion in a man? Listen to the Lord Jesus Christ being described by the Holy Spirit, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard and that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered that is a passionate man who would die for a purpose and to fulfill a covenant of love and who offered up strong crying and tears, the Bible wants us to know. So much so that, as I said from Luke's witness, he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Our noble man that we think of in the highest terms of human love says, I promise to never lie to you. Our Lord Jesus says, I cannot lie. We read in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 that God, who cannot lie, promised eternal life before the world began. He cannot lie. Everything that he has said to us in his word is truth and cannot be altered. I don't care what the Persians used to say or the Medes or the Greeks, that the thing that has been uttered cannot be altered. Or the law of the Persians cannot be altered. The, the word of Jesus Christ is the only thing that cannot be altered because the Persians and Medes are so far gone and destroyed, it takes a great deal of effort to even find they ever existed. Right. But not our Lord Jesus Christ. Our man says to his woman, I will make you happy for the rest of your life. Jesus says, I will make you happy for eternity. Listen to this in Psalm 16 and the 11th verse, where Jesus describes what it's going to be like in the presence of God. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Here's what he's offering us. Here's what he gives us and describes for us. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That's what Jesus Christ tells us. Our man asks his woman, If you will tell me your needs, I will try to take care of them. Jesus says, I can supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Philippians chapter 4. And he also says in Matthew chapter 6, You don't need to tell me your needs because I know them before you even ask. Do you believe that about the Son of God who loves you and gave himself for you and who sits at this hour on a literal throne in a literal body and is your Savior and is coming back to burn this place up and take us home to be with him forever? Our man says, Others say of me that I'm quite compassionate and merciful. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. Amen. That sounds like it's compassionate and merciful to me to lay your life down for someone. The man says, I will give you security. Jesus says, I have you in my hand and no man is able to pluck you out of my hand. My father, which is greater than I, has us in his hand and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Amen. That sounds secure to me. Do you like that kind of security? Amen. The man says, I will learn to appreciate your good features. Jesus said, I make you perfect, and I will greatly desire your beauty. Psalm 45 and verse 11. Does it really say that about us? Does it really say that about That baby that was not salted nor swaddled, that was lying in its own blood in the field? Does it really say that? Well, yes, it did. It said that that child had grown and had breast fashion and hair grown and had ornaments. But now look at Psalm 45 and verse 11. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord and worship thou him. But notice what it says. He will make us perfect and greatly desire our beauty. The Bible tells us, that Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word, that he might present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. We shall be made perfectly beautiful, and he will greatly desire us. I will try to appreciate your good features. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The man says, I think my parents will like you. Jesus says, my father has always loved you. Amen. Is that better? Amen. Wouldn't it be great if the richest, noblest, kindest man on earth came and said, I think my parents will like you? But Jesus Christ came from glory and said, my father has always loved you. The man says, I have learned your tastes in food, clothing and entertainment. Jesus tells us, I know the number of hairs on your head. Is he glorious? He loves us and he came and died for us. And we're going to celebrate his death and remember it with joy and thanksgiving that he loved us tonight. I think, I know how you think, the man says to the woman. Jesus says, I know the thoughts and intents of your heart so much that I can divide between the joints and the marrow and the soul and the spirit. Every woman wants to be known by her husband. Every man wants to be known. Jesus Christ knows every thought and intent of our hearts is that a lover jesus amen. christ the lover of our souls the man says i gave up many beautiful women for you jesus christ said i gave up heaven's throne and died a crucifixion death for you amen philippians chapter 2 our man says i will ignore your faults Jesus says, I will take away your sins and faults forever. Do you remember Jude 24 and 25? It'll be his exceeding great joy to present us faultless before his presence. Amen. That's our Lord Jesus Christ love for us. We hear the man saying, I am very forgiving. Jesus tells us, I have already forgiven you even for the future. All trespasses and all sins have been put away in Jesus Christ's love for us. We hear the man saying, try not to fail in the same way more than twice. Jesus says, I will forgive you no matter how many times you fail. Isn't that glorious? Amen. That doesn't seem right to me, brethren. That doesn't seem right to me. It seems that if we were to sin in the face of what he's done for us, there shouldn't be forgiveness, but there is. And it's abundant, and it's permanent, and it's complete, and it's past, present, and future. Praise his name. Amen. I hear the man protecting himself by saying, if you defy me, I will have to restrict your activities. I hear my Savior, Jesus Christ, and he's your Savior tonight, saying, if you deny me, I cannot deny myself. I will yet love you the same. Psalm 89, go read it. If my children forsake my law and break my commandments, yet my loving kindness will I not take away from them. Amen. I hear the man saying, I will try to forget what you have done to offend me. My Jesus says to me, I cannot remember your offenses. Hebrews 8.12 Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. There is a a man sitting on a throne tonight that I represent, and I'm trying to tell you about him. This is not theology. This is the love of Jesus Christ to us contained in a love letter because he's going to magnify that love before the universe as so incredible and so great. And believe me, it is special in particular. It is not promiscuous in general and hung out there for everyone. It accomplishes its purpose and it's glorious. And I wish you would appreciate it tonight. And I'm praying for God to open your hearts to love him for his great love for you. I hear the man looking at his woman and saying, you look so good tonight. I hear Jesus saying to me, you are perfect forever. I can only see absolute perfection. Because Colossians chapter 1 and verse 22 has this to say about what he's done for you and for me. Colossians 1, 22, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. In the sight of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. I like that position in Christ. And it's by death in His flesh. I hear the man promising, I will give you the rest of my life when I am not attending to business. And I hear Jesus saying, I will give you myself. For eternity, because I read in Romans chapter 8 that we are made heirs of God. Amen. Heirs of God. That is an incredible statement. That phrase is beyond human description or understanding. Heirs of God, we will inherit God by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us for eternity. I hear the man saying, I will try not to change. But our Jesus Christ says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he cannot change. Amen. Do you like that? Right. Every, hum- every experience of love you will ever have in this world is nothing but change. Every experience of love, it's only one experience because it's never changing. The love of Jesus Christ for us He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We wish that the relationships we had on earth did not change, but our relationship with Jesus Christ never changes. I hear him say, my health is good. We should have several years together. I hear my Jesus saying, I can lift my hand to heaven and swear. I live forever. Amen. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 40. I see him in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and of death. Amen. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. My health is good. We should have several years together. I hear Jesus saying, I cannot die. I will love you forever. I hear him saying, Whenever you need me, I will try to come home immediately. I hear Jesus saying in John chapter 14, I will always be in you and with you. John chapter 14, look at it. John 14, verse 16. Oh, when you need your husband, friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is there with you and in you. This is the word of God. This is the gospel. Verse 16 of John 14, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That is a statement of love. I will come to you and I'll never leave you. We will abide with you and in you. I hear the man saying, when I have to be out of town, I will leave my chauffeur with you. I hear Jesus saying, I and my Father will live with you and in you by my Spirit. Turn the page. Let's see it again. John 16 and verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. See, our Jesus had to go away for some business in heaven in which he, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God for us. But when he went away, if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Is that better than the chauffeur? I hear the man saying, no matter where you go, I will try to find you. I hear Jesus telling us, no matter where you go, I am there. I hear David saying, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Psalm 139. Have you read it? Do you believe it? It's the love of Jesus Christ for us. Unbelievable, unsurpassable, infinite, infinite. Glorious beyond comparison with anything we can imagine. I hear the man offering this woman, You will never have to work again. I hear Jesus saying this. Turn to Revelation 21. You know a rich man would love to tell a woman, You will never have to work again. I have a rich Savior, and he's your Savior. And here's what he has to say. Revelation 21 and verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from your eyes. I know it says their eyes. I want you to read your Bible for yourself. Right. Mm. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Right. Does that sound like a better life? Amen. That's what Jesus Christ does for us. Look at that, what it says. No tears, no death. No sorrow, no crying, no pain. Is that better than you'll never have to work again? And he only means that for a few years. And our Savior means this for how long? For eternity. I hear the man saying, I want to learn about your life, to understand your perspective on things. I hear Jesus saying in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. I can relate perfectly to your life because I've already lived it. Right. For we have a high priest which can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, for he was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Is that better? Do you have a lover that understands your temptations, trials, afflictions, fears, doubts? All of them. Yet without sin. I hear the words. I will give you your own bodyguard. I hear my Jesus say to me, I own the principalities and powers in both worlds, and I give you my angel. For the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. And Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God far above all principalities and powers. What enemy can there be? He owns them all and he's just waiting for the day in which he will grind them under the feet of his white steed, and we shall walk behind them. And the Bible tells us that we shall judge angels Amen. by the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. A bodyguard? Forgive me, Lord, for the comparison. But do you see the glory of Jesus Christ, your Savior? Amen. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 139. Psalm 139 I hear the man saying, I would love to hear your dreams. Oh, the world's greatest lover that we can imagine. I would love to hear your dreams. I hear Jesus saying, I know every desire of your heart. Because I read in this chapter, verses 2 through 4, David said, Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. We all want to be loved in such a way that all of our thoughts, our fears, our dreams would be known by the one that loves us. But Jesus Christ knows it all, and David knew that about him. And it's the testimony of the gospel about our Lord Jesus Christ I want to get to know you. Jesus tells us, I already know and care about every detail. Same chapter, look at verse 15. David witnessed of our Lord Jesus Christ. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! God knew every detail of you, even while you were being formed in the womb of your mother. Every detail. And he had every detail in his book. And you were fashioned according to that book. He knows every detail about you. Do you believe that tonight? Brethren, the Lord knows that you cannot comprehend God. He told the Israelites when they said, let not God speak with us, but give us a man or a messenger like yourself, Moses. Do you know what the Lord said? That it was a wise request. And so he sent one. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to remind you tonight that there is a man on an eternal throne in heaven who loves you the way that I'm describing. And he is in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can comprehend him. All the fullness of the Godhead in him bodily so that we might know God. That's why he could say when Philip said, show us the Father, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. I hear the man saying, I think I'll be able to surprise and please you often. Richest man in the world should be able to do that. I hear Jesus saying this. I am able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Amen. Is that good enough for you? Amen. But I got more for you. I want you to keep thinking about them. I will let nothing come between us except death or desertion, of course. And I hear Jesus saying, nothing can separate you from my love. Amen. Neither height nor depth nor any creature. Nothing present, nothing future, nothing. I hear the man saying, "Tell me your fears, and I will try to make them go away." I hear Jesus saying, "There is absolutely nothing to fear, for I am with thee." I read in Hebrews thirteen six these precious words, Hebrews thirteen six, so that we may boldly say, "The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me." Right. You've got a lover like the Lord Jesus Christ. You can fear nothing because he is with you. We may boldly say that. I'll pay off your father's debts and give him a job. The rich and noble man says to his woman. Jesus Christ says, I destroyed your captor and the one holding debts over you with an everlasting destruction. Right. And I satisfied all the demands of God's justice. I hear the man saying, I will try to be sensitive to your needs. Jesus says, I am compassion, and I know all your needs before you even ask. Our man admits, I did have a couple of failed relationships in the past. Our Jesus says, I have loved only you and will always love only you. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy 10 verse 14. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, thy God. The earth also and all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers, to love them. And he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Amen. Verse 14 sets the Lord up as high as he can be set up, and verse 15 says that he loved you above all people, as it is this day. This was the church in the wilderness. or the church of the New Testament. Amen. I hear the promise of, I will give you the best health care as you get older. I hear Jesus say, I will give you an incorruptible body to live forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15. I will give you a glorified, incorruptible body that fadeth not away. The man must say, I am sorry if you ever get cancer or some other fatal disease. I will not be able to help. I hear Jesus saying, "I can either cure your cancer or take you home early to your mansion." Amen. I read in Isaiah 57 the first two verses that when the righteous perish, wise men will stop and look and realize right. that they have been delivered from the trouble to come, and they've been taken home to lay in best to lay in beds of peace and to rest at ease. Right. I hear the promise, I will give you the best burial in the best cemetery. I hear Jesus saying, I will redeem your body from the grave. Romans chapter 8. Job knew that so well and knew the love of God for him so well that he could say, though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. And with these eyes and not another. He knew, do you know? If we knew. Nothing would matter in this life. That's why the apostle would pray that by God's grace, you might know the love of Christ. When I die, you will get my assets. After estate taxes, of course, Jesus would say, I died already to guarantee everything for you. Because I read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. And of course it goes on to say, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Right. With such a statement as verse 32, what else can you say in verse 33? He died to secure everything for us. But then I hear the man say, will you sign this prenuptial? Our Jesus says, I am all yours forever and cannot deny myself. He says in Hebrews thirteen five, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Is that better than signing a prenuptial agreement? Amen. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Isn't that wonderful? The comparison is like infinitely different. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I don't care how frightened you are in the valley of the shadow of death. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. You are inscribed in the palm of his hands, and he knows every hair on your head. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Glorious. I will invite you sometimes to accompany me at state functions as my wife. I have made you a king and a priest to God forever. Amen. Who wants to tag along just as the poor wife who's been picked out of the gutter by the rich man? Jesus Christ has made us his brothers and a king and a priest to God Amen. forever. Romans, Revelation 1.6. I hear the man saying as they start talking about their wedding, Do you like the last name of Johnson? It means son of John. I hear Jesus saying, Do you like the last name of God's Son? It means Son of God. Amen. I like that better. Jesus Christ died for us that we might receive the adoption of sons. Amen. The man says, I cannot do more than marry you. Doesn't that make you happy? I hear Jesus saying, I am marrying you, but I am also adopting you as my legal daughter, just in case you're concerned. Jesus Christ owns us as his own children, and yet we are his bride. The Bible presents us as both, which just makes it doubly sure that legally we're covered with a marriage covenant and an adoption covenant. Turn to Revelation 19 and verse 9. Revelation 19 and verse 9. Jesus Christ is coming for us. He died to save us. The covenant of marriage that we have with him is written in blood. In Revelation 19:9 9, it says, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. There is going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb, it's a true saying of God, and the whole host of heaven will be there, angels innumerable, saints innumerable, a multitude that no man can number, and there will be four beasts there. Better than a ring bearer, isn't it? To have the four beasts there with four heads in four directions, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and which is, and which is to come. Amen. Amen. That's a wedding. And if you don't see it clearly, it is because you're playing around too much with this world. These things are true. These are the true sayings of God. And if we would ever get our affection on them, the Bible tells us to set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth, you would know what I'm telling you is the truth because the Savior has put it in your hearts by His Spirit. Amen. And nothing matters if we would see it clearly. I hear the man... Puffed up in pride saying, photographers from People Magazine in 60 Minutes will be there. Well, I hear Jesus saying, countless saints and angels, four beasts, and my Father will be there. I read in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And then it goes on to say all the beasts and the, the angels were all there. A glorious multitude. What will you compare it to? We can't compare it. It's incomparable but it's the love that he has for us. It's our hope of redemption and salvation. I hear a man saying, I'll wear a white tuxedo at our wedding, and I hear my Savior saying, I'll ride a white horse at our wedding. I like it better. I hear the man saying, you may feel a little intimidated by the other women who will be there. I hear Jesus saying this. Listen closely. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Right. Incredible. Incredible. Are there those that from all human perspective should have been saved before us? Yes. Are there those that claim to have been saved and claim to be the true Israel of God? Yes. And what will God do with them? He will humble them to where they will come and worship before thy feet and know that I have loved thee. Is that the ultimate in a display of affection? before all competitors to lift you up and make the competitors worship you and know that you only were loved? Right. This is the true saying of God. I've arranged all my business for us to have a two-week honeymoon. Jesus said, I've arranged heaven for us to live in pleasure forever. I read in Revelation 22, Verse 1, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, Revelation 22. Verse 2, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever, that is longer than two weeks." And it is certainly a great deal more glorious. Amen. A river of crystal that is the water of life and the tree of life bearing its 12 manner of fruits in its season. I hear the man saying, we can build a house in Hawaii. I hear Jesus saying, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Do you believe those words? Amen. They were uttered by the man Christ Jesus in this world and recorded by the apostle John guaranteed by the Holy Spirit of God for their authenticity, accuracy, and certainty. I go to prepare a place for you. I hear the man saying, I hope nothing happens to our relationship. I hear Jesus saying, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? It's a rhetorical question. You should know the answer. Shall tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? No. Distress? No. Are you ever distressed? Shall it separate us from the love of Christ? Never. Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Peril? Sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Jesus loved us sufficiently. And beyond that, to cover all those things and anything else you can imagine, for he goes on to say, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a message of love. Nothing can separate us. Every human relationship of love is separated and dulled many times. Not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why the psalmist once said, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Amen. Because nothing ever discourages him. And if you turn and love another... He'll win you back and binds you with the cords of a man, the cords of love, according to Hosea that we read earlier. Right. I hear the man as he looks at his covenant of marriage and he says, till death do us part. And I hear my Jesus say, at death, I will take you to a mansion in heaven to love you forever. Right. Is that better? The best, the greatest love that we can imagine on earth is so temporary and so weak and so pitiful that the comparison is weak and imperfect, I know. But the Lord made it in His Word. And we cannot even comprehend it all. And yet, He wants us to comprehend the height, the depth, the length and the breadth of his love. We have to say, yes, I love you till death do us part. And Jesus says at death, I finally get you with me in heaven. Isn't that glorious? A man says to his woman or our man, our imaginary man says to his wife, look in my eyes and see my love for you. Jesus says, look at my hands and my feet and see my love for you. Right. Which do you want tonight? Who cares about the puppy dog eyes of some man? When we've got the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't want to look in his eyes. They're a flame of fire. You want to look at his hands and his feet And hear his tender words as he loves us with the signs and the emblem that's forever glorified in heaven of what he went through on the cross for us. He truly loved by giving the greatest sacrifice possible. Love is giving. Love is investing in someone else. And Jesus Christ did the ultimate by laying down his life for us. The Bible says that a good man might in some unique situation, lay down his down his life for his friend, but he laid down his life for us when we were his enemies, and showed us his love that way. Look in my eyes and see my love. Jesus would say, "Thomas, come here. Put your fingers in my hands, and put your hand in my side." And Thomas would say, just like we'll say, "My Lord and my God." Amen. It's coming, brethren. We're going to see him glorified. I hear the man say, with this ring, I thee wed. I hear Jesus say, with this blood, I thee wed. I read in First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, right. as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Right. That's what it says. With this ring, I thee wed? No, no silver, no gold. With this blood I thee wed. And brethren, I want to tell you when we're in heaven, according to Revelation chapter 5, we're going to be singing, worthy is the lamb that was slain and hath redeemed us to God by his blood. Right, Tonight, I've just wanted to give you a little comparison between the greatest love that you could ever imagine in the earthly sphere of human love But when we look at Jesus Christ's love for sinners, it transcends it infinitely by any measure, by any measure that you can imagine. And for those that are spiritually minded, go ahead and work up any more comparisons that you want with the Word of God and send them to me this week. Because I love to revel in it and to see that by no matter how we measure the love of Christ, its length and its breadth and its height and its depth far exceeds any other love. And it's that love that we are to know and to comprehend. And the apostle prayed that by the grace of God, we would know it. And if we knew it, it would have an effect on our lives as it did his, because he said, the love of Christ constrains me. And when we look at the apostle Paul, he was a man on a mission, a man on a mission to serve the Lord in every area of his life. There was no pain too great, no cost too expensive. No distance too far. No punishment or affliction or persecution too severe. He was willing to take it all and he did for the Lord Jesus Christ because he knew the love of Christ. And I pray that we will know the love of Christ and that we will pray to know it more and that we, we will beg God for his spirit to reveal it to our hearts because that is the spirit's purpose is to witness of Jesus Christ. I hope this has been helpful for you to see that by any measure, the love of Christ is infinite, incomparable, and glorious in every way. And I hope that you love him tonight. Amen. We're going to sing some more praise to him and thanksgiving for his love, and then we're going to celebrate the little feast, love feast that he has given us, called his supper to remember his death till he comes. Brother Eric?